a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Several days have passed and the person you're dating hasn't responded to your last message or reached out. So you got this like sinking feeling that something isn't right, but you're confused because you thought the two of you had such a great connection. You had an amazing time. And maybe this was even like your second date. And then you start analyzing to death in your head, the story, the situation, and you run it over and over and over again, like what could have happened. So you secretly hope though, that perhaps their phone was stolen or was run over by a car. Oh, something must have happened happen to them. But then when you don't hear from them, you throw in the towel and say to yourself, I am so done. Uh, Where are all these good men or women, depending on who's listening right now? And are there any quality people left who are actually emotionally stable and available? Does this sound familiar? Unfortunately, this is oh too common. It's not that I'm a mind reader. Obviously, like I just stated out loud something that I hear over and over again from clients or like people that I even talk to. And when someone you have feelings for disappears or pulls away unexpectedly or just not emotionally available, you may personalize it and you assume there must have been something that I did that was wrong. Or conversely, you blame them, right? Like, oh, they're all unavailable. They're all narcissists. They're all blah, blah, blah. But energy, I promise you, energy is better spent on exploring your own role in repetitive dating patterns since sometimes you may be unintentionally engaging in dating behaviors that push others away. I always say you can't blame other people. You can't change other people. All you can do is look at you to change the result. But what if you feel at a loss because none of your dating behaviors explain why you keep getting ghosted or whatever's happening to you? So there is another possibility that is typically overlooked in such situations. If you consciously want a lasting relationship but keep getting a different result, you may be subconsciously drawn to unavailable partners. So in the end, I always ask people, or maybe you listening, are you emotionally available? Now, you might think you are, but sometimes when you've been hurt or you have a hard time letting people know how you feel, there is a guard that goes up and it it might be subconscious. And your tendency may be to focus too much on the other person, person versus sharing more about yourself. So, The first step in changing any dating pattern is getting to the root from which the issue stems. And without knowing the reasons why you keep attracting unavailable partners, it will be difficult to attract the right one. So there's a couple reasons why this thing might be happening. And I'm just going to say three of them out loud, but obviously there's layers to this, right? And the first, and this is just putting my therapist hat on for a second, the role models maybe that you had growing up for a romantic relationship in childhood mirror your relationship patterns, right? So what you saw, you're just kind of mirroring what you experienced. 
And one of the reasons people are drawn to emotionally unavailable partners is due to the role models they had for romantic relationships in childhood. The second reason may be that one or more of your caregivers growing up was also unavailable. And so if one parent or both were absent from your life or emotionally unavailable, it's not uncommon to be drawn to the same type of person repeatedly because guess what? It feels familiar. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's like, oh, I know this. This is familiar. And the third is that some part of you, and this is what I was alluding to before, is unavailable. You're unavailable. And this one can be a tough realization that you may feel tempted to deny. It's like, no, 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 I'm available. I'm totally open. But consider that another reason you may be drawn to emotionally unavailable partners because there's some part of you that's also not available. So with all of that, I have a woman on the line who is experiencing such frustration with finding quality and emotionally available men. And I wanted to bring her on to Try to help her crack the code of this dynamic and empower her with some dating tools so that she can attract something different this time around. Karen, are you there? Hi, Kimmy. Yes, I am. Thanks huh? for having me on your show. Oh my gosh. Thanks for coming on. Like I we only had one conversation before, but like I just I connected with you immediately. And I, you know, I know there were some things that you shared before that I just think so many people have felt before. Um, but maybe just like start out telling a little bit about you and your backstory and your dating experiences. Sure. So my name's Karen. I'm 54 years old. I've been divorced for seven years and my divorce was a result of, um, a cheating situation. It wasn't me. Um, and um, ever since then, I've been dating. I've had a couple long-term relationships, I guess. I mean, I consider anything over two years kind of long. Yeah, <laughs> in these days, yeah. Um, the, the first one, I think, was kind of a, a rebound situation. Um, and then try to date. Um, it, my last one lasted about two and a half years. There were, he was totally emotionally unavailable for several reasons. And there were things that broke us up that I feel should not have. Um, and I just find it really difficult at this age to, to find someone who one is emotionally available, one who is actually like a decent human being. <laughs> Because mm. <laughs> part of my other challenge is some of the, the 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 folks that seem to either swipe right and then you get to know them, you're like, okay, they don't have a job, they don't have a car, uh, um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So it's 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 been a challenge, and you yeah. know, I would like to get married again someday or have a very long term partner for the rest of my life, and it's just not working in my favor at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, no, and and it is different dating now than you know back when you were in your twenties and and whatnot. Um, did you? And I can't remember actually when you and I were talking. Did, did you have much dating experience before marriage? <laughs> so I married my high school sweetheart mm. um, at twenty four, but we did break up in between, and and I did date other people, and I think. Um, I look back now and reflect on that and 
there were a lot of red flags I should have seen, but Mm -hmm. didn't. And I chose to ignore. And something that you just said um, in your introduction about um, the three things that (laughs) are challenged that could be a reason why was was Mm -hmm. actually your second one. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) That there's someone in in your childhood who was either unavailable, absent in your life or emotionally unavailable. And that really hit home because I don't think my parents were there emotionally for me. Uh, And that really resonated. It hit home. mm. So. Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask if you kind of had um, a connection with that. And yeah. So how did that play out then? You said they weren't emotionally available. Like in what way? Um, they, I just never felt like they were supportive of me. And in my family, boys were the, you know, the end all be all. <laughs> ah. And um, the girls were kind of, you know, pushed aside and, you know, they, they wouldn't let me go to college because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, and there, there's a whole bunch of other examples. Um, I don't want to give too much away. No, 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 that's okay. Yeah. No, but I, 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 what you're describing is, you know, on one hand, it's the assemblance of like, well, you don't matter as much as the boys. Like it was just like pushed, you were kind of just had that feeling of being pushed to the side. But I also wonder how were they with expressing feelings? Oh, it was, it's funny you should say that because, um, they were very non, um, demonstrative, Mm. Uh, there wasn't a lot of hugging and kissing and I love you's and, um, things like that. Um, you know, yeah. just, just another example. Like I, I used to um, play a sport in, in high school that you couldn't really watch. It was more like you're at the finish line or at the beginning. And my mother actually said to me once, she said, you know, why would I go? I can't see you. And I was like, wow, really? And, you know, I have children and even though my kids participate in sports that I may not be able to see, I broke that pattern and I make sure I'm there for them because I recognize that it's important to be there um, to support them and no matter what they do, no matter how much I can participate or not. So that's pretty much how my whole childhood was. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, and also, Karen, like, this is interesting what you were saying about the affection, too, because, you know, like, with the expression of feelings, you didn't get kind of the warm, fuzzy feelings that, you know, verbally or even, like, in ways of other types of affection. Did that also, was that also true in ways of, like, conflict or negative feelings? Like, you did, did you just not really have the notion or understanding of what people were feeling? So it left you guessing? Um, it was a very negative household mm. and it was, um, my parents were much older when they had me for the time. And, um, it was basically do as I say, not, you know, not as I do and speak unless spoken to kind of situation, very strict Catholic upbringing, seeing the picture here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. it was, yeah, it was tough. It it was tough. And I, and I guess it took me a long time and a lot of other therapy um, mm-hmm. to, to process this stuff and I've come to terms with it. Mm. But I, I think that that has actually impacted my ability to have a successful relationship. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's an amazing connection that you just made right now. Cause I was going to ask you that, like, and, and how do you think it affects things with your dating life now? You know, and I think that I'm always there. I think I'm always open. I think I'm always honest. I think I'm true to my feelings. If I meet somebody and it's not, we're not hitting it off right away. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't think this is going to work kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's others who seem like they're there for me, but they never end up being there for me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's been my story for the past seven years. Um, I have, I, a give, I give, I give, I give, I give. Yeah. And, and I mean, in all ways, you know, emotionally, financially, every, every way you can give, you know, you know, all those different love languages, you know, touch and whatever yours is. It, it's, um, yeah. So I haven't quite cracked the code yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks so much for sharing that. Karen. I know people listening right now are so relating to you because this is something that a lot of people have, and also just what you shared about your family system. So here's like a kind of a, almost a deeper question is when you were younger, because feelings weren't expressed and you weren't praised either. Like, it just sounds like, you know, like it was like this, maybe the little girl, Karen, did you find yourself trying to get the attention, trying to do things, trying to be like the good girl, just so that like you would have some sort of like praise. Do you remember feeling that? Um, to some extent, yes, to Mm -hmm. some extent, um, you know, it was, it, I don't even know how to answer that, but, um, yeah, to, to, to some extent, I would say. Um, yeah. Cause I, you know, it's, it's when you, when you're not getting recognized, you know, that's the, the word that comes to me or validated. It's almost like the dancing monkey thing, you know, like you're, you're like, now do you see me, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> if I do this and I'm, I'm good. And then like, now do you see me? Like it's, it's one of those kind of subconscious things. And the reason why I bring that up is that again, it's such a common thing when, when you haven't learned the language of emotions, what a child ends up doing is that they, they're left to number one, guess the feelings that are happening. And number two, create a situation where they're trying to get some sort of reaction, right? And so there's a lot of energy around emotions outside yourself because there wasn't a lot of, you know, focus on your own feelings. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. 100%. 100%. And, you know, and it wasn't like I was one of those kids who looked for negative attention because I always tried to be like the perfect child to get the positive attention. That's right. Yes. Um, <laughs> now I want to tie something together here and then we'll move on to what to do about it. Right. Cause that's where like, everybody's like, okay, now what, you know, um, <laughs> that's what we're here for, but this sure. is really important connection for you. Do you see the connection of that dynamic as a child of, and now am I good enough? And now do you see me? And here can, can I give this much to you to what you're doing with men? Yeah, well, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I tend to attract some interesting characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I don't know how they know that based on like my dating profile. Cause it's pretty, it's, it, it's actually pretty comical. And <laughs> uh-huh. 
But even like on your first date, like, do you like try to think about, do you put a lot of emphasis on them and showing them a good time and you're really nice and you're, you know, like, like, it's almost like, again, a little bit of the dancing monkey. Um, so I, and it depends, right? Because there's a lot of different personalities and I've been on a a lot of first dates. Right. And it's just, so I try to ask questions about that person. That's right. And, and, And I try to get them talking about themselves so that they can start talking about, you know, asking me questions about me and, you know, sometimes there's just guys that they just don't even know how to have a conversation. And then there's other ones where, boy, they actually listen. And, you know, I actually did go on a date <laughs> last week, twice, again last night. Uh-huh. And this man actually listened to me and he wow. asked questions about me and it was actually refreshing and the timing of all this is just so funny it's ironic actually (laughs) um but most times when you you know first it's getting that the the date right Mm because the the gentleman that I I've gone out a couple times with was like I don't understand why you're single he goes I I don't get it he goes I'm sure you have men knocking down your door I'm like no not really (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He goes, are you serious? And I said, yeah, it's, it's not like I'm getting, you know, 150 swipes a day. I'm lucky if I get three a week and they end up being people who don't have a job, don't have a car, you name it kind of thing. So, yeah, I have. OK, I have I have like a, such a simple question, but it might not be a simple answer. OK, Um, when you look in the mirror, Karen, like do you see an amazing queen, sexy kitten, like awesomeness? Um, I think I'm pretty awesome, but, um, (laughs) on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, I am the most amazing woman to one is like, (laughs) hell no, I can't even look at myself. Like, where are you? Oh no, no. I don't think I'm unattractive. I don't think I'm an ogre. I'm not a Cindy Crawford. Um, I'm but I'm not just talking looks. Hear yeah, me out. It's the outer and the inner that does the, the reflection. Mm-hmm. Probably a seven, maybe an eight, I would say. I want to get you to the point where you see a 10. And you're almost there, right? And so, because here's the thing is like, and I, and I tell my clients this all the time, like I want everyone dating like a queen or a king. Meaning they're sitting on their throne and, and that these people have to dance circles around you to, to earn you because you have so much to give. Like you said, like you give, 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 give. And I just have this feeling that you're giving almost too much away and not letting the men earn you enough because that's where you're like the value part comes in for yourself is that may, that you might feel subconsciously that you have to give in order to get. And that makes, that makes perfect sense. And it's so funny that you should say that because I think that's what I have been doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the gentleman that I went out with um, three times this week and talk all the time on the phone. Um, it, it's he, he, uh, I went into this, like, I'm pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. 
if he doesn't like me, it is what it is. It's his loss. And it was funny. He actually said to me when he asked me, you know, you must have men walking, you know, knocking down your door. I said, well, no, not really. And he, oh, how did he answer that? How did, he, oh, he goes, well, you know what? That's their loss because you're yes. pretty amazing. And <sighs> so I was like, wow, you know, that made me feel like on cloud nine. I was like, wow, this is, wow. No one's ever said that to me before. Okay, wait, wait, wait a second. Oh my God, this is so good, Karen, because this is like a <laughs> this is like a moment, right? Right here on the charisma quotient. Like this is a the the chance for you to practice stating your feelings because here's the thing: like the more you learn about expressing your feelings as things like that happen, the more you're allowing someone in and really feeling you. Like this is like the, even just the words you use. So when he said that, what did you say? Do you I, remember? I, I, I honestly think I was in such a state of shock. Uh-huh. I, I had to have said something. I think I, I said, well, you know, thank you very much. I said, you know, you, you just, he, he seems different than most of the men that I've ever dated. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he's emotionally available and he, he, he's he got a kind of interesting situation that I don't really want to get into, but he, um, he said that we'll take this at your pace. He goes, because I think you're worth it. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right. So like, this is an opportunity to also like practice really like the vulnerability piece of, of acceptance of that, you know? And so, cause part of you is not going to believe it. Right. And. Oh, and, right. Oh, you're right. Cause in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, when's the ball going to drop? How long <laughs> is this exactly. going to last? Right. I know, but I can hear the, I can hear the inner, inner gremlins coming out. And so here's, here's the thing. When he said that to you, what feeling did you have? It made me feel like I was the most important person in the world and so valued. And I don't know. I was on top of the world. I was on cloud nine. Okay. So here's like, and this is like a small example of like, if if you keep dialing this in, how powerful it is. So your answer, there was not one feeling word. I just want to like, and, and, and when you listen to the podcast back to yourself, like you'll hear it. Okay. You, you described the, the stuff that that's going on in your head, like the behaviors, like, like I'm on cloud nine, right? Right. When you're on cloud nine, what feeling is that? I actually felt like like euphoria actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Euphoric. Did you feel excited? Did I you was feel excited? I felt beautiful. I felt valued. I all felt right. Now we're wanted. talking. Yes. Um okay. yeah. That is so much more powerful right now, what you're saying. Because now, as the receiver, and if you said this to him, now he feels how you feel. This is where you have an opportunity to to kind of crack the code, honestly. Mm. And it's so different than like, you know, a guy saying to you, well, you know, you deserve this or whatever he said to you and you saying, oh, thank you. But what if you said, wow, can I just tell you that when you said that to me just now, I... 
I felt so excited and honored. Like I, I've never had that happen before. Thank you. You know, I, I do. I, I think I did say it never, no one's ever said that to me before. And I did thank him for saying it, but I didn't tell him to your point, how, well, how good it made me feel. Bingo. So, That's it. And, and it's not your fault because no one taught you that, right? Like in your family system, feelings weren't, in your vocabulary. So it's just like learning a new language. That's all it is. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and that's when people talk about emotional intelligence and all that. When sure. you find the right words, I mean, words are so powerful, but also how you take things in. And the more you let people know how you feel in time, in those very beginning stages, especially, the more someone's going to feel you and feel closer to you and will be emotionally available to you because now you are to them. And it makes total sense. It, but, but it, I forgot what I was going to say, but no, it's totally cool. No, I, it, and, and you, and if you remember, you'll, you'll come back to it. But yeah. the, the reason why I say that is, um, you know, in the beginning stages too, like a lot of times people are like, oh, well, I don't want to like be too mushy or TMI or, you know, and you don't have to be, but it's choosing little opportunities like this where you could just like, Ooh, you know, like I liked when you said that. It could even be as simple as that. Or I loved when you said that. Like that really got me. Even something like that would be like that juicy kind of feeling, you know, rather than thank you. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great point. Cause because you know, when you first meet somebody and then you go out and there's always that awkwardness and you don't yeah. have to start a and first, there has to be a connection too, right? So I think after the first date, and then I saw him the second time, I was like, and that's when he actually said that. Uh, it's kind of scary because is it too mm. soon? Do you want to seem pushy? Do you want to seem like, you know, you don't want to seem desperate, which, you know, I'm not. It's yeah. Just, and, and that's where my conflict comes in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you tell about your feelings? And, you know, it was funny because we actually went out last night and I was pretty, I was pretty open with how I was feeling Mm -hmm. and, um, and he was too. So this is really good. I'm excited for you. And your question is a really good one. And I think a lot of people, it's like, how do you regulate it? How do you pace it out in, in ways of like allowing people in? And especially when you've been hurt before, you know, you, the guard goes up and that fear factor kicks in. And then, you know, then it gets hard for people to feel you because like you're guarding yourself. So it's just like dance, right? right. That, that goes that, on. That, the fight, yeah. fight, flight, or freeze. Or yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and, Well, I want to give you some kind of just like tangible, like actionable things that you can do, especially because you're in this situation. So it's awesome. No matter what happens with this guy, I think it's a great opportunity for you to, you know, just kind of break some barriers for yourself. Um, And and it relates to your question too. When you are going out on other dates, and first of all, I don't want you locking in with this guy and and going all in and, and, and forgetting about flirting and having fun with everyone else. Okay. And I try that, Good. but I I can't get, there's no nobody else. Like it's the weirdest thing. Right. And that's okay. That's okay. But like, keep going online, keep going. Right. And, and so, um, and maybe if there's no one else, I mean that, that, and that's okay. I'm just saying the mentality should be, don't, don't get like so sucked into this yet. 
Okay. Yep. And I already set my mind to that. I'm not. (laughs) Great. Awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with that, like when you're first getting to know someone, you know how you were saying, I, when I meet someone for the first time, I like to ask a lot of questions so that I get to know them. And then I'll kind of open up and hoping that they'll share something with me or they'll ask me a question. Mm -hmm. I want you to actually reverse engineer that for yourself. Instead of asking them questions, I want you to actually enter a situation by sharing a little story about yourself and seeing what happens. Okay. You've been doing so much reacting instead of being more like proactive with the way that you're engaging. And that's, that's from childhood, right? Like you always had to react to your environment and regulate yourself according to what was happening because you weren't sure. So now the notion is, you don't have to wait for a guy to ask you a question. You're going to insert yourself and tell a fun story, a little tidbit and see what he does with it. Mm-hmm. A good guy like this guy possibly will be all into it, you know, and, and what a great way to start. Cause you're starting with yourself because your default is always to like, start with them. I want you to like always now practice starting a conversation by sharing something about you. And it's like, it, it depends on the, guy and how outgoing or not they are. <laughs> don't, but don't depend on that. That's what okay. I'm saying. Don't regulate that. Like just for the purposes of like homework almost. Yep. I just, true. right. Like I just want you going into every, and it could just be like, you're sitting down, you're getting to know someone and you're like, oh my God, I have to tell you the funniest story that just happened to me. And you, you just kind of enter it with this kind of fun tidbit about you and keeping it light rather than going into, so tell me about this and tell me about that. And to like, Mm -hmm. I I want it to be light and I want it to be something that's fun about you. Okay. And then, and then see what the guy does, because to your point, like it's yin and yang, right? It's not, you're only 50% of the equation. I mean, the guys have their stuff too, but for you to collect data and understand who is really there for you, I want you to start with you because you're not used to that. And I, I have done that in the past and, and sometimes it just doesn't go anywhere. So next, right? Right. And then that, exactly. That's my point. Like, woo. Okay. Just save myself a ton of time. Then trying to like make it work and make him feel comfortable. Like, no, like just come in strong and, and be the queen. Okay. The mm-hmm. second thing is really like start being aware of the feeling words that you choose and start practicing as you're telling stories, as you're like DMing people to use feeling words. I love this. I'm passionate about this. I'm excited by like, just kind of like the little exercise we did just now, when you incorporate emotions into the way you talk, people feel you more. Okay. Makes sense. And then the third thing I want you to go to this guy And I want you to actually say what we just practiced to him. So, you know, the other day when you said this, I have to say, I really love that or what, however you want to in your, in your voice, but Mm -hmm. say some kind of feeling around what he was giving you and see what happens from there. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And I, I think, honestly, I think he would be very receptive to that. I do too. And how cool. Cause I think it would open like a, a portal for the two of you to really like walk through together in ways of like deepening things. So yeah, Karen, I, I mean, I, oh my God, like, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so excited for you. I'm really happy for you. I could tell that you're doing the work. I just think 
that it's time to like just put some strategies into place to just crack this code and you're you are going to start seeing a difference in the people you attract and who you're attracted to by the way yeah that's true too right (laughs) (laughs) because there there are patterns and I I see them and I know what they are (laughs) yeah yeah Hey, if we were, yeah, because I, I always tell people here on the podcast, like sometimes I'll go into people's Bumble accounts or match accounts and I, and I say, all right, let me see your DMs. Let me see your conversation. And I see what's happening, you know, and some, it, sometimes it's just the vetting process as well. But as you get stronger and you start becoming more the queen to your queendom, you'll start recognizing patterns with even the guys that you tend to keep like going after. So well, Karen, you're awesome. Do you want to, how do you feel? Like any last parting words or questions? Um, I feel hope. <laughs> Yay. Oh my God. You said a feeling word. See, you already are doing it. <laughs> I feel very hopeful. Um, I'm, I'm a hope, hopeful romantic. I'm not going to say hopeless because, um, you know, I feel like there is somebody for everybody and my friends keep telling me that. And, I'm I'm not going to give up hope and we're just going to see how this goes. And these are some great tools to use. And I I wrote them all down. (laughs) Awesome. And I'm going to follow up with you to see if you did your homework as I always do. And I I love that. And I, and I love the positive mindset too, because it's so normal to feel really frustrated and negative, you know, when you've had a string of these kind of bad experiences and, the more you can empower yourself by, you know, just staying positive and and having that abundance mindset like you do, that's only going to help you combat some of this negativity. So you're on your way. I'm excited. Uh, Thanks, Kimmy. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. All right. Stay tuned for now. And thanks for joining me today, you listening. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, as always, KimmySeltzer.com. And here's the thing. If you're having a hard time finding quality potential partners and don't know where to go or, or how to be, I have a special announcement. I am now accepting applications to a specially designed experience called Dating Reimagined. Now, this is a program that combines a six-week live interactive class. It's co-ed, and we culminate into a three-day in-person retreat in Arizona. I'm super excited about this. It's an intimate experience, um, and it's the most action-oriented event that I've had and I will be continuing to have, but I hope you join us this time around. Um, And really, I want you to enjoy dating and get support with other singles who are going through the same thing just like you. So if you are tired of figuring out where to go and feel drained and frustrated with the lack of results, then just click the link and you can see that in the show notes. Apply. We'll hop on a call. We'll see if it's right for you. And I'd love to chat with you. So remember, Working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. 